You're listening to the micro version of the Savage Lovecast at savage.love. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, Hundreds of scientists and tech industry leaders issued a warning back in May about the dangers of artificial intelligence. The statement was short and to the point, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. Tristan Harris, co-founder and executive director of the Center for Humane Technology and one of the signatories on that letter, He was on HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher on Friday. And in addition to highlighting the threat of AI spreading disinformation or accelerating the spread of disinformation and putting our democracies and societies at risk and the threat of AI putting people out of work and maybe the threat of AI getting its hands one day on nuclear codes, Harris is very worried about AI doing science. Then there's AIs that can recursively self-improve or do science or start generating new scientific hypotheses and then testing those hypotheses. There are already examples of people who are hooking up GPT-4, the current AI, to chemistry labs and saying, could we automate chemistry? This is really, really dangerous. So we don't want AI doing chemistry as that could lead to some sort of extinction level event in the long term. And when we're talking about AI, the long term is five years out. But what can AI do for you in the short term? It might get you laid. Not laid, actually not laid. We have the technology for getting you laid already. We've got dating apps and hookup apps. AI is going to get you better than laid. AI is going to get you married. That's basically what Bumble founder and CEO Whitney Wolf had to say at the Code 2023 conference, where she was interviewed by Julia Borston. If you missed it, you can listen to Borston's interview with Wolf on the Pivot podcast. Wolf's team at Bumble, that's the dating app where women have to make the first move. Wolf's team is planning to supercharge the machine of compatibility using AI technology. Now, technology has created a world where many people, particularly young people in their prime dating and mating years, feel isolated and disconnected, Wolf points out. Wolf says her team doesn't want to do what other tech companies and social media companies do. They don't want to keep you online all the time, isolated and disconnected forever. They want to do something very different. Everything we do is about getting you online so that you can then match with people outside of who's just around you or who's just in the room with you and then get you offline. All right, I'm going to try to unpack that. Bumble wants to disconnect you from the people you're in a room with right now so that you can connect with other people, better people that you haven't met yet and maybe get into a room with them later. A better room, a bedroom, maybe a honeymoon suite. But first... Got to get you away from the people you're with now to end your isolation. I guess that makes sense. I mean, in fairness and in reality, not everyone is currently in a room with someone they want to be in a room with for the rest of their lives. And a lot of people are alone. They're not in a room with anyone. And I am pro doing whatever it takes to help bring people together. But I worry about what exactly Wolf means by supercharging the machine of compatibility Here's Wolf. She explains what she means by that and how that will work to Borston. Julia, if you were single, you could have a Julia bot. 
Okay. It's your personal matchmaker. It's your personal dating coach. And you tell your Julia bot everything you want it to know about what's important to you. Here are my non-negotiables. Here are the value sets that must exist in a partner. Here are the things I want to go do. Here's my dream summer. Here's how I want to spend a Sunday morning. Here's what I want to do on a Thursday evening. This person has to be like this. It can't be like that. So now instead of you having to swipe and match and chat with dozens of people to find someone who's compatible for you, you can in fact only talk to the three people that came back as qualified individuals for what you're looking for. So you can really leverage AI to supercharge compatibility. And that's just on the matching side of things. That's not even getting into image recognition where you can see that someone likes to eat at the same restaurants as you or likes the same brands as you. All right. That sounds like a terrible idea. I mean, I I want to defer to Wolf. She is smarter than I am. She founded Bumble in 2014, a publicly traded company with a market cap of $2 billion. I founded Savage Love in 1991, which is not a publicly traded company and has a market cap of basically whatever I can get from my husband's shoe collection. And I also want to say I'm no Luddite when it comes to hookup and dating apps. I am not against... People meeting online. I've met a few people online myself, and I kept one. But just like we don't want AI doing science, do we want AI doing romance? Isn't part of what's fun, even amazing, about dating, meeting someone new and then going to restaurants you haven't been to before? Doing something that they wanted to do on a Thursday night that never occurred to you before? Spending Sunday morning going somewhere you've never been before? Has anyone ever fallen in love without having to reconsider their romantic priors, their this's and that's? AI technology might be able to find the three people on the planet who match every single item on your list of non-negotiable Sunday morning activities. But I got to say, the longer your list of deal breakers, the more hurdles you erect, the harder it's going to be for anyone, let alone three people, to clear them. I'm not suggesting you got to settle, although you do got to settle at some point. I am suggesting that right now, at least, you got to take chances on people. But, you know, do it. Get online, fill out that profile, tell your AI matchmaker about all your deal breakers and hard lines and values and absolute musts and ideal Sunday mornings. They must be so tall, so rich, so thin, so educated, so progressive, so conservative, so whatever. Get it all out. Get it all in there, get it all out of your system. And then for your own sanity, for your own sake, for your own romantic prospects, delete half and then see what happens. And don't just sit at home waiting to hear from your AI dating app, your Yenta GPT. Go places, do things. Look around at the people who are already in the room with you. Cast a wide net and meet actual people online and off. Because you might not know what you want until you meet someone that you want. No one really knows. No one can predict or control for or code for that special something, that indefinable quality that draws you to a person who's drawn to you and makes your non-negotiables suddenly seem very negotiable. Basically, what I'm saying here is I agree with Tristan Harris of the Center for Humane Technology. You can't trust AI with chemistry. 
All right, coming up on today's show on the Micro Savage Lovecast, tons of your Q's, lots of my A's, and coming up on the Magnum Savage Lovecast philosopher, Manon Garcia joins me to talk about her new book, The Joy of Consent, A Philosophy of Good Sex, and tackle some questions from my listeners. All that coming up on today's show. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. Get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com savage. This episode is brought to you by the Meridian Trimmer, the very best tool for trimming your body hair. Go to meridiangrooming.com and use the code SAVAGE for an exclusive 15% off. This episode of The Lovecast is brought to you by the good folks at Squarespace. They make it easy to build a beautiful website, blog, or online store. Head on over to squarespace.com savage for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SAVAGE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, Dan. 37-year-old cis straight woman and longtime listener here. So my partner of two years and I have a wonderful, loving, and respectful relationship. I couldn't be happier. We also have a great sex life and enjoy BDSM and power play, with him being the dominant and a sadist and me being the submissive and a masochist. However, lately, the last few times we've played more roughly, I've been very physically sensitive to the point where I've had to save for it and stop him, specifically from him biting me too hard, which I usually love. Every time he stops immediately because he doesn't actually want to hurt me and we continue just less hard. But this last time, he stopped completely and got really quiet. I could tell he was really distraught, and he basically said he doesn't want to hurt me anymore, and if every time we play, I end up hurt, then he's just not going to bite me at all. So now I'm worried that this is going to impact our wonderful kinky sex life. Something to note is I recently went off hormonal birth control two months ago, and I'm wondering if this has impacted my sensitivity. But my big question for you is, how can we continue to have a robust and kinky sex life assuming I stay at this level of physical sensitivity? We both love when he can let loose on me and have his way with bites, spanks, and all that. But now he's worried he has to be more careful, which kind of defeats the fun we've both enjoyed for years. Help me keep getting my love bites, Dan. So you had to safe word a few times because suddenly... Things that your boyfriend was doing to you before that felt great weren't feeling so great anymore. And the third or fourth time you used your safe word, he began to feel sad, self-conscious. Hopefully it didn't feel like he was retaliating against you for using your safe word. A dom should never punish a bottom in BDSM sex for using their safe word. You want to feel free to use your safe word without repercussions. It's a good sign that he felt bad about hurting you, about you know the pain being too intense three or four times in a row. He doesn't want to really hurt you. He wants to give you the Goldilocks pain, not too soft, not too hard, just right. That's a sign he's a conscientious, considerate sadist. And conscientious and considerate sadists are my favorite kind and the only kind that you want to be having BDSM sex with. You say you recently went off hormonal birth control. That could impact sensitivity. The good news, you've been off it for two months. In about four months to maybe on the outside, a year, your hormones should level off. You should achieve a a kind of new normal, uh, a stasis, 
And then maybe you'll be back to your old pain threshold, or maybe this new pain threshold is the pain threshold that you're going to have going forward. So what do you do? How do you have a robust and kinky sex life? If this is the level of sensitivity that you're at now and going to stay at, well, you had a pain threshold before. There was obviously a bite, a force of bite, the jaws coming together that would have been too painful for you before. And one of the things that you do early in exploring BDSM sex with somebody, if, if you're the top, you figure your switches, you figure out where those pain thresholds are and you play within them. You don't exceed pain threshold. So all you need to say to your boyfriend is, all right, my pain threshold has obviously been reset a little bit. We need to find where my pain threshold falls now. And then you can do what you were doing before. You can let loose while being conscious of my pain threshold, right? That's what you guys were doing before. That's what he was doing before. He wasn't taking bites out of you. He knew where the line was. And now he's perhaps frustrated, maybe with himself, because he thinks he's supposed to be able to read your mind, that he suddenly didn't know quite where that line was anymore. And he was, without any maliciousness or intent, stepping over it. And it kept happening, and he had a feeling about that. So all you got to do is let him have his feeling about that. Tell him he wasn't doing anything wrong, but what you both need to do what you need to wrap your heads around is that it's time for a reset. Your line has moved. You have a different pain threshold now. And once you figure out exactly where it is, he can do what he used to do. Let loose while somewhere in the back of his mind, maintaining conscious awareness of where that pain threshold is, where that line is, and enjoying playing within it. Enjoy playing again without feeling like he's going to keep accidentally stepping over it and doing what he doesn't want to do. And he doesn't have to do. And you don't want him to want to do, which is really hurt you. Hurt you in a way that causes you to use your safe word, which, you know, some tops feel like if the bottom used the safe word, they kind of failed as tops or failed in the moment as sadists. And someone who is with a new partner the use of the safe word may not feel like a failure or a sign of failure in the way that somebody you've been having SM sex with for two years suddenly having to use their safe word all the time is going to feel like you're failing at it. And that could be why he's feeling big feelings about it, feeling sad about it, maybe even sulking a little bit about it. Let him have his sulk and then pivot together to working on this. Goldilocks pain. He's going to have to learn how to get it just right all over again. But it's worth it, right? You're worth it. And this play, this kind of exciting kinky sex, it's worth it. Worth the effort. Worth the time. Hi, Dan. I am a mid-30s cis woman, and I'm calling with a question about how you know whether or not you want to have children. So I am almost 36. I am about to be married to my partner who is almost 42. And we have a wonderful relationship. We are very sexually compatible and we have a great life. We travel, we enjoy each other's company. We have sex on the living room floor. <laughs> we go out when whatever we want. Uh, we also have very fulfilling careers and lots of goals. Life is 
pretty wonderful. And lately, I've been thinking about and we've been talking about whether or not when we get married uh, in the spring, if at some point in the future, we want to have children. We're both pretty much leaning towards no, but at the same time, there is something within each of us that we've said, well, maybe. And so I guess I'm kind of wondering how do you know when or if you want to have children? Uh, Growing up in my early 20s and into my early 30s, I was pretty against it. I did freeze my eggs, which I know sounds probably counterintuitive, uh, but my company paid for it at the time and I thought, what the hell, if it's free, I'll do it. Uh, So I froze my eggs. I have about 33 on ice. And that means I can really choose if and when to get pregnant. Being able to freeze my eggs and preserve my fertility in this way has allowed me to really step back and think about this as a real choice, as a decision that I can actively make rather than just feeling like the time the clock is running out and I need to either do it or I'm never going to be able to because with my eggs frozen I could have children well into my 40s or even my early 50s but yeah at 36 I still don't really feel the drive to do it I'm kind of feeling like if I don't feel like I want it now will I ever all my friends are having kids right now and uh yeah, I'm kind of just loving my life the way it is. Is it something, if I'm not feeling it now, I should probably stay away from? Look, if you froze 33 eggs, I think you're obligated to have 33 kids. No, just kidding, of course. Your question, how do you know if you want kids? There's a lot of questions like that. I get a lot of questions like that. How do I know if he's the one? How can I know whether I'm going to regret breaking up with her. How can I know for sure whether having a threesome isn't going to dynamite our relationship? How do I know if opening up the relationship is right for us? And the answer is you can't know. If you could know, if there were people out there who could take one look at you and know or listen to your question on their advice podcast and know for sure, well, those people would be psychics and psychics would get paid a lot more and be held in higher esteem if they could even guess correctly 52% of the time whether kids or the threesome or that guy is right for you or that woman is wrong for you. Usually when people frame questions like this, how do you know? How do you know for sure? They're projecting themselves into a future and worried they're going to have regrets. I'm here from the future to tell you, you are going to have regrets. Regrets are a part of life. Regret also gives a certain spice to life. Sometimes you feel regret about the person you married, about the decisions you made, whether to have kids or not, which career to pursue or not, and feeling that kind of regret every once in a while when you feel better about your career, when you feel better about parenting, when you feel better about the relationship that you're in, or of course the relationship you just got out of can throw into high relief 
what it is you value about being a parent or doing the work that you do or being with the person you're with or not with the person you're not with anymore. I guess what you need to concern yourself with is whether in the future you're not just going to experience normal road not traveled, road not taken kinds of regret about not having kids if you choose not to have kids, but whether you're going to feel that overwhelming sense of regret, a regret so intense it borders on or can feel like and be experienced as grief. If you project yourself into a future and you think you're going to feel that kind of regret, you're going to feel it that intensely, well then yeah, maybe you should have kids. It's sort of a negative way to back into having kids, I guess. I think it's better if people really want to have kids, not if people are just worried that one day they might regret not having kids. But there are a lot of people out there who were so worried they would regret it so intensely they wound up having kids and they're glad they have kids. You could be one of those people. And I'm here from the future to assure you that, yes, you can have sex on the living room floor after you have kids. Yes, you can go out after you have kids, but I'm not going to lie to you. You won't go out as often and you won't have as much sex on the living room floor as you do now, at least for now, for the first five, seven, ten, sometimes I think for straight people, 15 years, 18 years of your kid's life, you might have a lot less. And if you can stay connected to your partner and not succumb to a kind of icy cold war, not just regret, but resentment of your partner during that time when your sex life and your opportunities for going out, your opportunities for getting fucked on the living room floor are less, are fewer, well, then you can have it all. You can have kids, have this man that you love to, and have sex on the living room floor. You're just going to have to have scheduled sex on the living room floor, and you're going to have to watch out for Legos. This episode is brought to you by Dipsy, erotic audio stories for women. I love what they're doing at Dipsy because they clearly understand what a ton of my listeners want. Sexy, diverse stories that make consent hot. Dipsy lands square in the center of that great intersection of healthy and horny that we always strive for here at Savage Love Industries. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, NB characters, and 56% of their stories are voice acted by people of color. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite audio again and again and again, you can always find something new to explore at Dipsy. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, games you can play with a partner, a sexting tutorial, and tons of other classes and sexy stories you can read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash savage. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash savage ipsystories.com slash savage hi dan pansexual from massachusetts i'm 43 i dated this guy for about six months and he was started acting really strange first he was like all you know like love bombing me and then he started acting strange and not responding to my text and disappearing and 
I found pictures of his place on another girl's Instagram and I asked him about it and he said they were just friends and kind of made me feel a little crazy. Then eventually I just direct messaged the other girl because I felt like a instinctual feeling just to do that. And she confirmed that they were together for the entire six months that we were together. He did everything the same with her. He had unprotected sex with both of us. He basically planned out the same exact dates and said all the same lines to us. We both sent him a bunch of like nude pictures and sexted with them. And he sent us pics and videos back. I confronted him about it and he screamed at me and hung up the phone on me. Then I talked to him a few days later and he started talking to me as if nothing had ever happened. I'm just wondering if you have any advice on how to deal with someone like this, if I should let this person back in my life at all, or if I'm just should just be done. I'm not sure what level of friendship I should give this person, if anything at all. It seems like a huge betrayal to me, but I don't know. Maybe it's super common for someone to do things like this. So he lied to you, had unprotected sex with you while he was having unprotected sex with another woman that he was also lying to. And then when inspired to do this sleuthing that you did, I think legitimate sleuthing, you didn't break into his phone. You found this other woman on his Instagram, which I assume was public. When he got busted, he blew up at you. And now he's circling back to you and pretending that it didn't happen. Nothing's wrong. No, of course you shouldn't let this guy back into your life and you shouldn't be friends with this guy either. Maybe this kind of game playing, lying, deceiving is common. Hopefully it's not universal. Hopefully it's not majoritarian behavior on the dating scene. It's common enough that of course we've all heard about it. Like they used to call, you know, 30 years ago, we talked about players. Now we talk about malignant narcissists, but yeah, this guy sounds like a fucking asshole and you shouldn't be even thinking about having him in your life at all. What should you do here? You should block his number and go find another guy that you'd like to fuck. Maybe a guy who's fucking other women, but is being honest with you about the fact that he's fucking other women. Maybe another guy who's going to suggest that you use protection with him because he is indeed fucking other women and then allowing you to make an informed choice about whether you want to use protection with him and a guy who isn't going to lie to your fucking face about a million fucking other things the way this guy is apparently prepared to lie to your face. Ugh, no, lady, of course, block him. Doesn't deserve your pussy, doesn't deserve your friendship. His behavior has disqualified him from either. This episode is brought to you by the Meridian Trimmer, my new favorite tool for shaving down there. Meridian offers powerful trimmers that cut through even the coarsest hair, but their trimmers are gentle enough for your privates. You'll enjoy a comfortable shave below the belt with no nicks, cuts, or ingrowns. Meridian trimmers are for men, they're for women, they're for non-binary folks, and they're for any style, whether you prefer completely bare, neatly trimmed scruff, or a well-rounded 
bush. This high-quality waterproof trimmer is fitted with a 6,000 RPM motor, safe ceramic blades, and an anti-nick shaving guard. And Meridian has so many happy customers, over 1,000 five-star reviews online. With the Meridian trimmer, you can get your body hair looking just how you like it and feel good and sexy with your fuzz. Get a Meridian trimmer today for the ultimate trimming experience without the pain, discomfort, or awkwardness. Order now and take control of your grooming routine on your own terms. Listeners of the Savage Lovecast get an extra 15% off your order using the coupon code SAVAGE. Go to M-E-R-I-D-I-A-N grooming.com and use the code SAVAGE for an exclusive 15% off. You deserve a better and safer below-the-belt trimming experience, and with Meridian Trimmer, you can get one today. Hey, Ben. 29-year-old gay male calling from the East Coast. Recently entering a three-way relationship, trying to figure out how to go about it. I think they're both really incredible people, one of the two. I'm catching feelings for super hard, super fast. I don't really know how to balance the feelings I'm having. Uh, I don't really know how to give each equal weight as I'm getting to know both of them. I'm entering their relationship that's already been pre-existing, but I'm wanting to go about it the right way, wanting to keep things clean and give as much of myself to both of them as I can. I'm just recognizing right now that the rate in which feelings are growing is quite drastically different, so would appreciate your advice. You fall in love with different people in different ways and sometimes at different speeds, which is great if you're dating one person at a time. If you're dating a couple and you're falling hard and fast for one person in that couple and not so hard, not so fast, or not at all for the other person in the couple, well, that can be a problem if it's a problem for that couple. This is really about their expectations. And if what they expect is to find another human being on the planet, if they're interested in having a thruple kind of relationship, if this isn't just a, I don't want to say crime of opportunity, if this isn't just, you know, you guys had a three-way and then you stumbled into this sort of dating thruple situation, if this is something they're seeking, it would be highly unrealistic of them expectation-wise on the expectation front to think that they're going to find a guy who's going to fall for both of them at the exact same rate, the exact same pace, or the exact same reasons. These are three different relationships. Theirs with each other, one of them with you, the other one with you, and then I guess four different relationships, all three of you, the relationship, the thruple ship that you're all in, if indeed you're all going to be in it. So rather than pretend, you need to say, you know, rather than pretend you're falling for both of them equally at the exact same pace and your feelings for each of them are are equally strong, you should check with one about it. Probably, you know, obviously the one that you have stronger feelings for. You need to say to him, look, I'm not sure how you guys have discussed this or what your expectations as a couple are, but this is how I'm feeling. Going to the one that you aren't falling for as fast or at all and saying that, well, that could be hurtful and you can avoid hurting that person by at least kicking that conversation if you need to have it down the road. And hopefully what you'll hear from the one that you have stronger feelings for is, They're aware of that, that they're mature enough to know 
that hearts work the way hearts work and it's fine where you're at right now, how you're feeling right now. And this isn't going to place a strain on their relationship because maybe one, you know, the one that you have stronger feelings for has stronger feelings for you. Maybe the other is aware of that and it doesn't feel insecure about it. Maybe they're experiencing compersion. I hate that word, but I'm going to use that word. Maybe they're feeling compersive, sounds concussive about it and are into it. Maybe they've got a little bit of a cuckold streak and this is something that turns them on or is turning them on. There's a lot of different things that could be going on for them as a couple, as they date together, whether they're dating you because you came along and it just seemed right, or they're actively out there seeking a third because they want to be in a throuple and that would make them feel more fulfilled. But you need to have those conversations with them. This is an opportunity. This is an acid test. You're going to know after you have this conversation with one of them or with both of them, whether they're ready to be in a throuple, mature enough and secure enough as a couple and as individuals for you to date them together. And everything should be on the table. You know, you fell for one of them. Maybe you'll fall for the other one. Maybe you'll never fall as hard. Your feelings for the other one will never be as intense as they are for the one you initially fell for, but you never know. You may end up falling for the other one just as hard or even harder in the end. You can't predict. But what you need to know is that what you're feeling is okay, that it's not a betrayal of the one you aren't feeling as strongly for. And if indeed you do enter into this relationship as a throuple and your feelings for one are more intense and your feelings for the other, that that doesn't constitute a betrayal of the, you know, the initial couple, the original couple, the original pair, that that wouldn't in their relationship be regarded as the one betraying the other. You need some answers here. You can get them from them. What you got cooking, good looking? Are you starting a business or ready to take it to the next level? Or maybe you have a creative or political project you're working on. Good for you. Now it's time to make a website and you know you're going to use Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand, growing your business, or reaching an audience. You can sell custom merch and create an easy income stream that engages your audience and spreads the word about you. Design your products and production, inventory, and shipping are handled for you, saving you time, money, and thus making you VIP. Sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online, like client invoicing tools. From vetting leads to receiving payment via invoices, it's all there in one streamlined, customizable workflow. And it's easy to get started with Squarespace. They offer professional website templates with designs for every category and use case. Then you can customize your look, update content, and add features to fit your unique needs. You can make any Squarespace template do what you want so your idea, brand, or business stands out online on every device. Head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com savage and use the offer code savage to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com savage and use the offer code savage. 
Hey, Dan, mid-40s gay guy living in London. What advice would you give a nephew who's just turned 18, just coming out, and just starting to date, and is pretty naive about risks and things? Uh, I saw a stat from one of the clinics the other day that said, well, HIV infections are way down in London. The biggest group of infections is under 25, and that is scary. It's a lot I want to tell him. I just don't know how, and I'm not close enough to do so myself. I also don't want to get into the specifics of my own life and my own practices with his parents, talking about taking prep and things like that. One route I was considering was to tell them that monkeypox is really prevalent in the community and he could be taking some precautions there and a clinic could help him do that. So get him in, talk to somebody, get a vaccine for that, and then the other stuff would hopefully come out in the uh, in that conversation. But I don't want to scare them. I'm just nervous to have this chat and I'd be really upset at myself if something happened or if he contracted something and I hadn't done my part by speaking up early enough. But it's tricky. He's 18. I don't know how to have this chat. I'm in my mid-40s. We've got a big generation gap. What advice could we give just to to get some good information into his hands? Send him an email. Do a big download. If it would feel awkward to have a conversation with him on the phone or to Skype with him, share with him the things that you know he needs to know to protect himself as an out adult gay man. You don't need to talk with his parents. He is an adult. You can speak to him uncle to nephew, now adult uncle. (laughs) You've always been his adult uncle for all of his life, but adult uncle to adult nephew. So you don't need to involve his parents. You don't need his parents' permission to share with him the information that he really does need and probably doesn't have. Information about getting on prep, information about, I don't know, navigating the apps, information about monkeypox, getting vaccinated, the HPV vaccine, if his parents were so foolish as to not get him vaccinated against HPV, do the big download. If it feels awkward to have that conversation, again, put it in an email, an email that just says, look, this is awkward. I would feel bad if I didn't say these things, if I didn't share this stuff with you. And unavoidable bad thing happened. You contracted something that if I had shared this with you, you wouldn't have contracted. So I'm just going to share this with you and put it all in there. Put it all there in one email. What you wish 20 some years ago, someone, if you'd had a gay uncle, your gay uncle had said to you, you know, there's a good chance your nephew has been doing his own research, as the kids say at MAGA rallies. And doesn't need to hear these things from you because he's looked up what the CDC recommends, all sexually active, out, gay, and bi men, and men who have sex with men who aren't out because they're just men who have sex with men, they're not gay or bi, should do. But for your own conscience, so that you can sleep at night, so that you don't feel like you let him down for fear of the conversation potentially being awkward or the email being received with some awkwardness, put it in an email and click send. And of course, at the end of that email, be sure to say, look, if there's anything you ever want to ask me about, if you need any advice, if you need to bounce something off me, if someone is telling you something that you don't feel comfortable talking with your parents about, you can call me, you can text me, you can email me. You would be a good person. One of my aunts was the person that when we were kids, we were told by our parents we could go to with any question and my aunt would not report back to headquarters, wouldn't tell my mom and dad what we'd asked them about so that we felt safe confiding in my aunt. And this was before we were adults, is when we were 
teenagers under the age of 18 years old. That was really helpful. If I were your nephew's parents, I would have identified you as the uncle that he could and should go to for advice without fear that you would report back to HQ about what he was asking me about or them about. So if they weren't smart enough to designate you as the out gay uncle that he might as an out gay 18 year old need in his life, designate yourself. All right. Before we get to this week's listener response calls, I want to share a couple of comments about last week's show posted at savage.love. Says Middle Path, the call from the woman in a DS relationship with a cis white man, a man she worries might be secretly a white supremacist or a misogynist or something. That call had my eyes rolling. Disclosure, I'm a cis male, straight, white, dom, who's liberal. The caller described someone, a cis man, who sounds like they're engaging in DS respectfully, sanely, and consensually, and sounds like a good person. But because this guy's a white straight guy, the caller thinks something is up. Says Cordelia, 57, I think the prevalence of step-relative porn isn't so much about people being turned on by quasi-incestuous situations, although I'm sure that's part of it for some. No, to me, it seems like the step-sibling slash parent slash extended family trope is just an easy way to add an element of transgression to otherwise basic vanilla sex scenes. That is a good point, Cordelia. Used to be that just being in porn itself, the willingness of two people to allow themselves to be filmed having sex was transgression enough. But since we are all porn stars now, soft or hardcore, it needs to be a little something extra, I guess. Finally, says Kit to the caller who wants to help his new girlfriend get out of the house after a messy, abusive marriage. She may not be ready yet for you to help with your own presence, but something you could offer is to pay for a sitter. Don't attach strings to it. Just put the offer on the table. And if she feels comfortable picking it up, that'll give her some evenings to focus on herself and maybe you as well, but don't expect it all the time. That is a lovely and generous and selfless idea. Kit, thank you for sharing it. All right, for more listener comments and more of my responses, check out Struggle Session posted on Thursdays at savage.love where I respond to comments, emails, and DMs from my listeners and my readers. It's another perk for Magnum Subs. For all the perks, become my sub today at savage.love slash subscribe. Listener response call to the girl who was ghosted. I wanted to say I'm so sorry. I feel for you. I feel your pain, your hurt, but mostly I feel so happy for you because you dodged a bullet after three months. By saying nothing at all, this guy is saying everything. He is not capable of giving you what you want and deserve, and it's so easy to lose sight of that. You deserve someone who reciprocates your feelings and reciprocates the respect that you have from them. So don't forget that. Don't lose sight of it. I unfortunately learned this the hard way after three years of dating an emotionally unavailable guy who told me that right off the bat. I didn't listen. Anyways, good luck to you. You're going to find someone great. Also, was his name Nick? Pretty sure we dated the same guy. Response call for the woman who's disappointed that the guy on Hinge ended up just wanting to go back to his place. Just wanted to set realistic expectations. I've spent a lot of time on dating apps and although Hinge has a little bit less of a hookup culture with you know, the time that you have to spend to fill out those prompts and their little tagline about how you're meant to get off of the app, 
there are plenty of people on there that are just there to hook up. Uh, the reality is, is it's just the most popular dating app right now. So just like you would in the real world, you're going to find all different types of people with all different types of intentions that are looking for different things. So just do a little bit of digging, use your words, as Dan would say, use your judgment, which it looks like you're doing a good job of and keep at it because there's plenty of great people out there. Hey, Dan, I'm responding to a caller from episode 885. The gentleman with the closeted dad that his mom has dementia and she's trying to out him. Um, I think you had great advice, but I also think one of the options is alluding to the dad that you love him no matter what. You don't have to outright say that you know that he's closeted, but you can say something along the lines like, I understand it's hard, dad, dealing with mom. And you know what? Understand that my brother and I, we love you both no matter what. We don't care what's going on in your life or your marriages. We don't care who you guys are or what you do. No matter what, we love both of you guys and we will always be there to help you. And we're going to leave it there. Got a question for next week's Lovecast or something to say about something I said on this week's Lovecast? Go to savage.love slash askdan right now while that question is fresh in your mind and record it for me. Or you can use the voice memo app on your phone and email your question or your comment to q at savage.love or you can leave us a message at 206-302-2064. The deadline for entering your film in Hump 2024 is coming right up December 8th. That still does leave though plenty of time to get to work on your five minute or less dirty little porn masterpiece. All it takes is a smartphone and an idea and a body or bodies or no bodies at all. Just like I encourage my listeners to have a broad definition of sex, everyone involved with Hump has a broad definition of porn and erotica. Go to humpfilmfest.com slash submit for more info on getting your film into Hump. Also, while you're at humpfilmfest.com, you can check out your streaming options and find out when the Hump Film Festival is coming to a city near you. Follow me on Instagram and threads at Dan Savage. Follow me on Blue Sky, also at Dan Savage. And you can still find me at the bad place at Fake Dan Savage. Follow Manon Garcia on Twitter at Manon Garcia FR. That's M-A-N-O-N-G-A-R-C-I-A-F-R. Her new book, The Joy of Consent, A Philosophy of Good Sex, is out now. Learn more about Manon Garcia's work at her website, manongarcia.com. The Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian and me and Nancy and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. We'll all be back at you next week for an installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thank you for downloading.